airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B is over in Studio CC. I suppose today in the last segment we'll open the phone lines and get your take on some of the conversation that we intend to have today. First, let me just um, remind you that there are several ways that you can connect with us. Um, isn't that right, Will the Great? We we recommend that people yeah. download the AFR app. Mm-hmm. They can get that on their phone and then um, listen to all of the shows. They can go back and get the archives of the shows or depending on where you're from. Archives? <laughs> Maybe not. No? No. <laughs> not, no one not says that. Not a lot of people. Okay, well, I mean, look, we we have people in Louisiana who say Walmart. True. True. So it could be. It could be. No. Anyways, uh, no, you can, most most people do not. But you can catch you can catch up on all the past shows by getting the, getting the app. Yeah. You can go to AFR.net as well and uh, find the live stream there if you ever miss anything. Uh, the starting point probably is going to be AFR.net. Now, if you have a personal message that you would like to send to the Addisons, mm-hmm. we have a really easy way for you to do that as well. Yes, Addisons at AFR.net. Addisons at AFR.net. You can email us. If you want to follow us on Facebook, you can follow us there uh, at Airing the Addisons or on Twitter as well at Airing Addisons. And so one other place, and we're going to be talking about this as we go forward more and more, uh, marriage family life conference that will be coming mm-hmm. up uh, in June. Um, we have a Facebook page for that and a Twitter page as well. So uh, just search marriage family life uh, or MF life ministry on YouTube. We just got so many places, but if you, so if, if, if you look up marriage family life, you're going to want to get a, be a part of that Facebook page because we're going to put out information and we're going to have a website coming out real soon about Very that as exciting. well. So. Very, very exciting. Yeah. Well, Will the Great, there continue to be reasons why um, you're so great. Let me just say that, right? And there continue to be these reasons okay. why. <laughs> I appreciate you so much. And uh, you don't make a big ruckus about things. Like you're not you're not like uber expressive. And people know that. They've come to really appreciate that. In fact, we got a voicemail from a sister the other day who said she just loves your voice. It's just like cool as a cucumber. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And that's just you. That's you all the time. Just kind of really just chill and, um, you know, just not overly expressive. Um, but when you when you speak, you know, you're thoughtful and uh, I think you try to be measured. But you also I feel like the Lord has given you discernment. And sometimes I think because you kind of push, you know what I mean? You mm-hmm. <laughs> you push people to really kind of wait, hold on a second, you know, examine what you're saying. And it's it's such a great thing to have in the body of Christ. Um, so I, I read a news headline on Friday and and I said, I was like, oh, man, I was like, well, listen to this. Right. <laughs> and and I'm going to share that news headline. I'm going to read a little bit of it this afternoon for our listeners and then I want us to unpack it and have a conversation around it 
And, you know, if you listen to the Addisons talk about the issues, you know that we don't put a sugar coating on it and right. uh, we just slice down the middle. So, you know, people, you, you got to either really like that or not, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, may, I don't know that there's an in-between ground, but mm. uh, anyway, so I was reading this article to you and, and I was kind of in myself, I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, this is an awful story. And um, like just in a few seconds, and I don't want to exaggerate this. So you pull me back if I get going, okay. but I feel like we were just kind of like a few seconds in. I don't even feel like it was a lot of time wasted where I was kind of expressing. And then when I stopped talking, you said, hold on a second, Meek. You said there may be another element to this story. And now here we are where this was Friday. So over the weekend, there's more information coming out about this story. And uh, here we are sitting at Monday and it appears that what you said to me on Friday morning may be true. Mm. Now, of course, all of this, you know, we we have to be careful when we start digging into stories and looking at the information because we don't want to sit in the place of God and say that we know right. with great finality what a person's heart is. Right. Right. Because God alone knows that. Right. God alone knows that. Yeah. And um, and of course, the person, to a certain extent, they know what they're trying to express. You right. know, and so right. um. We we choose to believe people. But anyways, here is the story. The story that grabbed my attention was this headline. This is the headline on Friday morning that I read. Southern Baptist Church, racial prejudice, a factor in rejection of black pastor. Mm. And I was like, oh, man, that's <laughs> terrible. You know, right. so I read <laughs> I read the story. I read it to you out loud. And uh, and reading this information and I was like, man, this is insane. And the thing that and I'll share it with our listeners, too, because the thing that really put it over the top was that it seemed from inside the church, there were people who were saying, yes, this was a racially motivated rejection of this pastor. Mm. And so I was like, this is awful. Yeah, because it said and, the, it said the church um, uh, verified it or, or the church was the one that said that this. Yeah, this the was church the case. itself. Admitted, admitted that this yeah. is what happened. Yeah. So which is not it's not commonly what you hear. Right. Usually there right, is right, an right. external accusation and those inside are rejecting that ac- accusation. Right. But that's not what this story recounted. This story said that the church says, yes, it was racially motivated. Right. So I'm reading that and I'm going, this is awful. And you were <laughs> you were like, but hold on a second. <laughs> you said, hold on a second. There may be more to this story, Miki. And you said we may be looking at um, what happens when a church tries to stand up in defense of the Bible. And I was like, oh, my goodness, you're right. And, and, you, and I said, well, we need to know. We need to know if there's more. And you, and you said, let me let's do some research. Right. Let, let me look into this and let right. me see what else we can find out about this pastor. Here's a story in case everyone's like, what is going on? What are you talking about? Here is a story. Um, prominent Southern Baptist Church in southwest Florida has acknowledged this is a story that I read on Friday. Now you got to hang with me here because we're, we're going to pull in a lot of different um, aspects of this story, which I think is kind of what you need to come to an informed conclusion. It may not be a perfect conclusion, mm-hmm. but you do want to have an informed conclusion. When you come to rest somewhere, you want to be able to say, well, look, I've read this and I've read that. And, and this is, this is where I'm going to land on this. And so that's what we're going to try to do today. But this is the headline that I read on Friday, read it out loud <laughs> to Will the Great. Prominent Southern Baptist Church in Southwest Florida has acknowledged that racial prejudice, they put in quotes, racial prejudice was a factor in its congregation's decision not to appoint a black senior pastor candidate. 
Pastor Marcus Hayes, a leader of Biltmore Church in Asheville, North Carolina, received 81% of the 85% vote that he needed to be approved based on the church's constitution. Now, the crazy thing is this vote happened, I want to say the vote was held on Sunday, October 27th. So this story is out and it becomes like national news by Wednesday, October 30th. And maybe I guess in smaller circles, this was already kind of circulating. But once it starts to. And then other outlets, religious news outlets start picking it up, then it gets on our radar. Right. So here we go. This was from the Baptist blogger. This was a tweet that came from the Baptist blogger last week through social media, texting, phone calls and emails. Racial prejudice was introduced into our voting process. That's according to a staff member at the Baptist Church there. It's First Baptist Mm -hmm. Church in Naples, Florida, Naples, Florida. Continuing the quote here. Please know that specifically your pastoral staff is deeply, deeply grieved. We are grieved for Marcus and Mandy. That's the wife of the the man who was considered um, for the role of lead pastor or executive pastor or teaching pastor, or honestly, I'm pastor, still, or... or senior pastor. I'm honestly, I got <laughs> I'm kind of trying to learn how all of those distinctions work out. Yeah. And honestly, I think a lot of people at FBC Naples are still trying to learn how all of that works out too. Like what exactly does that mean? In fact, right. um, if time allows, we'll get to some of the questions that those who were voting on whether or not to, um, to elect Pastor Hayes as mm-hmm. their pastor. That was mm-hmm. one of the questions that they had. Right. So anyway, this is this is um, from First Baptist Naples. We are grieved for Marcus and Mandy that they had to endure such vileness. We are deeply grieved that the wonderful name of our Lord and the reputation of First Baptist Church Naples was affected by this campaign against Marcus Hayes. Now, when you read that, you kind of go, oh, my goodness, this church is calling out racism. Mm-hmm. And if you're not careful, you will just stop right there. Right. And you will say, who are these people? What's where, you know, what is this 19% of the voters that this, their own church is saying that they're racist. Yeah. Well, as you continue to read the information that comes out and you continue to kind of gather all of the crumbs to make a loaf, what you find out is that it appears this 19% of the church that did not vote in favor of receiving Pastor Hayes, um, it seems that they were following his social media footprint. Mm-hmm. It seems that they were keeping up with him and where he stands on, wait for it, critical race theory, intersectionality, <laughs> social justice, his political leanings. And in fact, it seems that these members of the church who had a problem with what they saw when they did some quick searches. I mean, that's what they said. They're, they're like, you know, this this pastoral search committee could have found out some of the information that was needed to make an informed decision about whether or not Marcus Hayes is the best candidate for this church. Mm-hmm. Some of that information could have been found by just a quick Google search, they said. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Some of the information, some of Pastor Marcus Hayes's social media footprint points to, if not full endorsement of critical race theory and intersectionality, certainly a strong affinity for it. Will, would you agree with that? I would agree. I agree. Uh, A couple of tweets and things that he 
uh, retweeted and, and things that he posted, you know, concerning like things like the woke church and, and all kind of stuff like that. I, I think if you are not in line with that type of uh, uh, mindset or ideal, you wouldn't retweet it. You wouldn't tweet out in support of it. So I think those are questions that uh, are legitimately raised. So when you look at some of the social media footprint and, and we'll kind of take our time and, and work through this and, and help people to understand the connections, because I don't want to assume that everyone understands which. And let me just say, too, at the same time, I'm not Southern Baptist, so I don't understand right. all of the ins and mm-hmm. outs of yeah. how votes are cast and right. how this works. Um, but I got to tell you, I've I've grown <laughs> I've grown to be acquainted with the way this stuff works, mm-hmm. honestly, because of my research on critical race theory. Right. So I have learned that there are certain committees that are comprised of certain people. And I would argue that the makeup of these committees would be based on the color of people's skin. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you that, Southern Baptist. I'm sorry to tell you. But it, it really does appear, based on my research, I'm not saying this as an insider, I'm saying this as a church watcher. That's what we do. We watch what's happening with the church. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you've got the largest, you know, evangelical denomination in the country, kind of the threat to me, as I look at it, is mm-hmm. that it's it's kind of falling to critical race theory. Well, yeah, I mean, Resolution 9. I mean, that, that had Boom. been adopted. So, I Boom. mean, that's big time. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And yeah. so it's only a matter of time before this begins to trickle down mm-hmm. to all of the rest of the Southern Baptist churches. You've already had a large uh, Southern Baptist church leave the Southern Baptist Convention. Yep. You've already That's had true. a large Southern Baptist church. And uh, and I watched this pastor's presentation. I invested about, what was it, 40 minutes, 45 minutes of him communicating all of the reasons why he was pulling his church out of the Southern Baptist Convention. And I can, look, I didn't disagree with anything that I heard coming from him. Yeah. And he was factual. He was not emotional. And I don't think that when you have all of the information, you don't have to be emotional. That's right. You can just give the facts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so what is going on with the Southern Baptist Convention is that you've got people in positions of power who have a strong affinity. And I'm putting it mildly. They have a strong affinity for critical race theory, intersectionality, social justice, or to say it succinctly, wokeness. And, and mildly, I'm saying they have a strong affinity. Um, strongly, I would be saying they are woke. I, I, that's, 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 yeah. It appears to be that they are woke. Yeah. And so in all of their presentations and <laughs> all of their tweets, if you, if you follow their footprint online, it seems to point toward we want to move the church as a whole in this direction. Mm. So it seems that there was a contingent at... Um, Uh, Naples First Baptist that Mm -hmm. said we're not going in that direction. All right, we got to grab the break. We'll be right back. Erin the Addison's American Family Radio. Stay close. Erin the Addison's promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment on American Family Radio. Thank you and uh, good evening, uh, church. I want to thank you first uh, for the overwhelming uh, support of Pastor Marcus Hayes Uh, and his family last weekend. Uh, You won't be surprised to know following the announcements that over 450 emails uh, were received and directed to the church in support of Pastor Marcus in just the last four days. While the necessary votes were short, uh, your senior pastor search committee uh, met this past Tuesday and have determined the following. 
First, Marcus Hayes, a highly respected and a well-qualified pastor, remains the man that we believe God has called to be our next pastor. Secondly, and, and I might add, unfortunately, the integrity of our election last weekend was compromised. Two members of the counting committee have admitted to leaking confidential early voting results from Saturday night to a lay leader in this church who then used that information, we believe, to compromise the process. Third, your pastor search committee has been assured by the deacon leadership, pastoral staff, and other lay leadership that disciplinary action towards church members who have violated our church covenant by causing dissension, disruption, and spreading of misinformation have been taken and are underway. To be absolutely clear though, church leadership does not believe that all who voted no did so based on race, but it is undeniable that race played a part in the final days leading up to this election. In addition, this committee would like to affirm with those same leaders that racism has no part in the body of Christ and never more so than First Baptist neighbors. Finally, and thank you for that, we are hopeful uh, that in the days ahead, Marcus Hayes will allow his name to be reconsidered as our next senior pastor or interim pastor. Hmm. So, you know, here's the concern. Now, guys, I give you this disclaimer. I don't want to fall into the habit of trigger warnings. You know, I just don't. But I guess that's what this is. Look. Here is my concern with what's going on with First Baptist Church Naples, that what we are witnessing is what happens when people try to stand up and defend the Bible. And uh, also, it's a type of church affirmative action. It's a type of virtue signaling. Hmm. So right just then you heard, which, let me say this. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. Uh, Sherry B is over in Studio CC. We'll open the phone lines up in the last segment. Get your take on some of this as well. So you just heard the voice of the chairman of First Baptist Church Naples Pastoral Search Committee. And one of the things that he said is that Pastor Marcus Hayes, though he was rejected, he didn't get the 85 percent of the vote that he needed um, at the end of October to become the senior pastor of First Baptist Church Naples. He got 81 percent of the vote. And one of the things that you heard that chairman say is that, Pastor Marcus Hayes is well qualified. Now, that may be true mm -hmm. that he is well qualified as a pastor. Mm -hmm. But does he meet this the specific qualifications for First Baptist Church Naples mm. down in Florida? Well, according to their constitution and their bylaws, their church, no, he doesn't. Because he's supposed to serve in the role of a senior pastor for at least five years over a church with a membership of 1,200. And he didn't. It appears that he served as a teaching pastor over a satellite campus for the church, for the Biltmore Church in, in Asheville, North Carolina. Now, those church members who did not decide to vote him in had a problem with that. They said he doesn't meet the qualifications. 
Now, if if First Baptist in Naples is wanting to push Marcus Hayes through because he's black. It's a form of affirmative action. It's like saying, well, you know, he doesn't really meet the qualifications, but, you know, I mean, we really need to shake up positions of power, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, this is (laughs) cultural Marxism. This this is taking power from those who have it and giving it to those who don't. Now, something else that is important to note. So when you Pastor Marcus visited this church ahead of the vote, you know, and and different individuals had opportunities to ask him questions and and, and to get his take on different things. And one of the things that was discovered and which, by the way, um, Reformation Charlotte, if you go to the website, Reformation Charlotte, you can follow them on Twitter. They've been contacted directly by people from First Baptist uh, Naples, and they've posted the emails. They've posted this information. I think this is important for us to have in this conversation. But you've got members there who are saying we are concerned about what Pastor Hayes said, not about the color of his skin. Mm. They're saying we are concerned about what he has endorsed, not the color of his skin. Right. Right. But we're not getting that today. Right. Because that's it's not popular to actually care about the content of someone's character. (laughs) (laughs) Today, all we care about is the color of somebody's skin. Mm. So there was one exchange where um, where Pastor Hayes was talking about something that recently happened in Colorado. And one of the things he noted was that a friend of his who was black was recently installed in a position where he felt like it was great for this friend to be in this position because it's time for people who have always held positions of power to be ousted and those who have not held positions of power to be installed. Wow. So how do you say that when you're in an interview process and you're saying to people, that you believe a person should be in power. And one one of the determining factors for that is whether or not they have previously held positions of power. So in other words, just give them the power because they've not held it before. <laughs> Guys, that's that's woke philosophy. That is critical race theory. Furthermore, other people who are inspecting and asking questions, one of the questions they ask, so down in um in 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 Florida. First Baptist Church, Naples, they have something called Bible and Life Groups, BLG, Bible and Life Groups. So they have these these different groups where there are teaching pastors who lead these groups Mm -hmm. and are teaching these. When you've got a church of over 3000 people, you need smaller groups. Yeah, you need. I mean, there's no way you can be accountable for that many people. So you need smaller groups. Well, Pastor Hayes was asked what his plan was. For these small groups, how how he planned to continue to allow these these groups to, to go on. And Pastor Hayes said that he was going to change the way these groups operated. He was no longer going to have teaching pastors over these groups. Rather, he was just going to have what he called a facilitator and let people sit around a table, a collection of tables and just reflect and ask questions. Mm. <laughs> Guys, look, yeah. that's concerning when that there's concerning. heresy, when there's false doctrine that abounds among us to say we're going to remove qualified teaching right. elders, teaching pastors who are teaching smaller groups of people in a mega church. Yeah. And say, we're just going to let people but sit that, around that, and say, so what does this scripture say to that, you? That's how heresy and stuff will spread easily. <laughs> if you exactly if you do that type of stuff that it was so, quickly. So here's the other thing. The other thing is that. 
sometimes now I'm not saying that this is always true. Will the great and, you know, push back on this, you mm-hmm. know, I'm not saying that it's always true, but sometimes we can learn an awful lot about what a person's philosophies are, even if they don't clearly state them, we can learn what their philosophies are based on the people who endorse them. True. Okay. True. Not all the time. Not all the time. Not all the time. That, yeah. But a fair amount of yeah. the time. And so what we are seeing right now, sort of the, the social media footprint for those who are in support of Pastor Hayes, those who are decrying what happened down in Florida they all seem to fall on the woke spectrum. Mm, that's a dead giveaway. For okay. Me. I mean, I'm they, sorry. they all seem to fall on the woke spectrum. One person in question, Dwight McKissick, mm. Reverend Dwight McKissick. And in fact, let me say this. This is what he tweeted out with regard to what happened um, with Marcus Hayes and First Baptist Church in Naples. Uh, this is what he said. And, and I want you to think about because this look. This is when when we have said and we have unpacked on this show that critical race theory is incompatible with a biblical worldview. It just is. Now, here is another example. This illustrates that point. This is what Dwight McKissick tweeted out with regard to what happened at First Baptist Church Naples and the fact that um, Marcus Hayes got 81 percent of the vote and he needed 85 percent. So this is what he said. Dwight McKissick. You cannot cure racism with an antibiotic. It takes amputations. Mm. Grateful that First Baptist Church Naples is moving toward amputating the racists. Hold up a second. (laughs) So if and, and this is this is my question. So if racism is a sin of the heart. If racism is sin against God. Mm-hmm. You're saying that there is no cure for that. So you, so essentially what you're saying, which would be a tenet of critical race theory is that there is no cure. The, the oppressor right. never we'll stops being be the oppressor. The oppressor will always be. Yep. So in order for us to come from under that oppression, the oppressor has to be toppled. He has to be removed from his position of power. This is incompatible with biblical Christianity, because at the cross, there is a cure for what ails us. Come on. No matter what it is, his name is Jesus. Mm-hmm. His finished work on the cross is sufficient. His blood covers our sin. So you're telling me, Reverend McKissick, that a person who is a racist, let's just argue for one second that within the 19%, you had 2% that they were actually racist. Let's just argue that for a second. Let's argue that the the 19% within that group, you had 2% of those people that actually felt like, you know what? We don't want Marcus Hayes to be our pastor because he's black and we refuse to go to church where a black man is the pastor. Let's, let's assume that's true. Are you telling me that the blood of Jesus Christ is not potent enough that those people would be shown the error of their way that they could repent mm. and be reconciled to the Lord and then reconciled to their fellow man? That's what you're saying. Man. That's what you're saying. He's saying the only remedy for this is that they have to be amputated. They have to be removed. And it's cultural and, Marxism. And I think they did some amputation in that in that congregation. 
I think they did. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the details of that. I I did read some information that said that they have taken steps to remove those. Now, here's what is sad to me. What is sad to me is that those people who raise concerns about some of Pastor Hayes's past practices, that those people were chastised. Mm -hmm. Right. And that they were lumped. and, and, And this is what we don't know. What we don't know is if there are people who like, and I'm just throwing out this number, who would have been like the 2% or whatever. I'm just throwing, I don't know the number. I'm just using that as an example. We cannot lump people who are watching what is happening to the church and speaking out. We cannot lump them with racist people. Right. You can, that's not the same thing. Right, right. And so we make a mistake and we do a disservice when we tell Christians that they cannot employ discernment Right. Or biblical orthodoxy when trying to determine who should be pastoring and leading a church. We've got thousands of souls at stake. But that but that that's the easy thousands of souls at stake. That's the easy accusation if you want this type of stuff to happen within your church that, you know, these people are racist. That's the easy, you know, uh, a way of saying the, they're not yeah. defending the faith or defending, you know, uh, the church. What they are doing, they're being racist, so we need to get rid of them. And here's the thing, and you know, and I think, and you and I talked about this over the weekend. Um, We have friends that we know who could be very easily lumped into this 19% Mm -hmm. because they would raise some objections. They would say, hold on a minute. Right. This person is woke. Right. Like this person is woke. This has nothing to do with the color of their skin, because as we know, (laughs) as we continue to watch culture and watch what's infiltrating the church, wokeness is not a color skin. Right. You got white woke folks. Oh, yeah. All right. So let's not even make this is not you. It's not just black woke folks nowadays and everybody's competing to be the wokest. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So so this is not about the color of someone's skin. This is about a person's ideology. This is about philosophy. That is the world's philosophy that has no place competing against the scriptures. Earlier in the year, mm-hmm. beginning of the year, um, you know, Mason, past, Pastor uh, Eric Mason, Eric Mason mm-hmm. released his book, The, the Woke Church. Mm-hmm. And Pastor Marcus Hayes retweeted an endorsement for it. This mm-hmm. was his tweet. Thank you for being obedient to the Lord. Your new book, Woke, is revolutionary. God has truly raised you up to be a voice in our culture today and beyond. Blessings, Doc. Well, Dr. Eric Mason is a proponent that there is no forgiveness, that there must be perpetual apologies. <laughs> that, that, that white people must ever apologize for systemic racism. That has no place in the church. hmm If we come once to the cross and we receive forgiveness for sin, who is greater than God that is an offense that has been levied against them, that there must be, unlike Jesus Christ, but there must be perpetual forgiveness asking. Please forgive me. Please, please forgive me. This is ridiculous. And I'll say something else, too, that I think is important for people to know. So Pastor Hayes is married to a white woman or as Ken Ham would say, lighter brown woman. But look, mm-hmm. we just we got to go in on this. All right. <laughs> Sorry, Ham. Sorry. <laughs> so he was asked the question, what does he plan to do at First Baptist Na- Naples? What does he plan to do to 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 bring about racial reconciliation? Do you have any plans? Our church has gone through some tensions lately. What are you planning to do? You know what the response is? Oh, we don't know what he's going to do, but we do know that he's married to a white woman. So we're pretty sure he knows a lot about racial reconciliation. What? Goodness. Mm. What? 
Yikes. Guys, this may be the first show of what it looks like for the culture to clash with the church. Unfortunately, again, here we are, and it looks like the church is losing. We got to grab the break. Erin the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. If you want to join the conversation, uh, chime in on what we're talking about today. 888-589-8840. Sherry B is over in Studio CC. We're talking about Pastor Marcus Hayes not receiving 85% of the vote required for him to be installed as pastor down in Florida at First Baptist Church, Naples. And uh, it's an issue of racism. But closer inspection reveals that some of the concern coming from voting members of the church was that it appears that Pastor Hayes is woke. It appears that Pastor Hayes is closely linked with an ideology that really is the antithesis of the gospel. Which is a legitimate uh, concerns. So these questions that these members have should be answered and I have no I don't know if they've even been answered to this day like I, I'm, I'm not sure you know what I th- that's a great point that you raise will so let's do this as we allow for the phone lines to to kind of get queued up 888-589-8840 that's a great point there were some specific questions that were laid out by voting members and this is what um, some of these individuals who uh, researched Pastor Hayes and were looking at his social media footprint these were some of the questions that they asked. And to your point, Will, we don't know that these questions have been effectively answered uh, either by the leadership, either by the search committee. We, we don't know. Right. Even by the applauding members of the church. Right. right. These people who are know. standing up. And and I don't want to just I, I don't want to reduce all of it to virtue signaling. You know, but I we are living in a time right now where it is assumed that you believe a certain thing until you pass through the culture's approval. So you're going to have to let people know that you're not a racist. You're going to have to let people know that you subscribe and submit yourself to LGBTQ, all of the stuff that falls into the category of wokeness. This is cultural Marxism. So if you don't first establish that you have submitted to cultural Marxism, then you are probably the oppressor. Right. You're the one that everyone has to be warned about. So here are some of the questions that were raised by um, voting members and, and the encouragement for the church that we should be asking this question about Pastor Hayes if, before we install him as pastor of our church. Um, he tweeted an endorsement for Kamala Harris. Mm. Now, there are some people who are saying, well, you know, I mean, he can have his own political leanings. OK, so this is the question that was suggested. This the, the question that might be asked of, of Pastor Marcus Hayes. In light of your tweet supporting Kamala Harris, a chief proponent of abortion on demand up to and including late term abortion and a chief supporter of the LGBT LGBTQ plus marriage. What is your position on life and traditional marriage as defined by the word of God? So if you did tweet that, that's a fair question. That And so 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 <laughs> what is what's racist about that? That's a, that's an absolutely fair question. Here's another question. 
In light of your endorsement of the woke church, this book that was written by Eric Mason, here's the question. Do you consider yourself woke? That's would you be person. willing to go on the record as to rejecting the philosophies rooted in critical race theory and intersectionality? Whoever these people are, they, they've been doing their homework. They know what they're talking That's about. That's a fair Will. question. Yes, it is. Absolutely. And furthermore, they go on. If not, how would these concepts play a role in your ideology, your theology and your vision for the church? Fair question. <laughs> these are these are educated questions all right these are questions that understand that critical race theory and intersectionality topple any institution that submits itself to it so these people understand what is at stake here's another question in light of your tweets leak linking the gospel with restorative justice here's their question what is restorative justice Mm -hmm. and what is the church's role as it relates to the gospel Fair question. How do you see First Baptist Church (laughs) Naples's role in this movement? What is the gospel in your view? And how does this include restorative justice? (laughs) Here's another question. Do you support law enforcement officers? Do you believe that they are race driven? We want to know. All of this gives ideology. Yeah. Yeah. They go on. Here's another question. You mentioned that you didn't particularly like their their Bible and life groups. So this is this is an internal question. You didn't like that method of teaching and growing disciples. Do you plan to disband the BLGs? What is your plan? That's legitimate. That's not a racist. That's question. not racist. Let me tell you, this is why and, and, and we'll go to the phone lines here. This is why I've always had a problem. I'm telling you, since I was 17 years old, since I was 17 years old and I was told that I was too young to know what I was talking about. Since I was 17 years old, I've had a problem with affirmative action for reasons just like this. Because we cannot know if a person is being considered for their own merit. So we can't ask tough questions. You can't expect them to be qualified. And I would say for the person who is unqualified or underqualified and yet being put in that position, that's embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Let's go to the <laughs> phone lines. 888. 888- It makes me upset, Will. It does. It really does. Because now this is foolishness that has infiltrated the church. It's a monster. 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where do we go first? All right, let's go to Zach in Texas. Hi, Zach. How you guys doing today? All right. Uh, Hey, first of all, I'm in total agreement of what y'all are saying. But I kind of want to, I want you to explain a little more of what you mean by woke. Because my definition of woke and to me what y'all are trying to explain as woke is different. So can y'all so, elaborate, elaborate more So, so what is So what is your definition of woke? When, to when me, woke means like, let's say just how crooked the government is. To me, woke is that we see through that, see what they're trying to do uh-huh. and... That to me is what woke is, but to okay. me, what y'all are explaining woke is not that. So I'm just trying to, I'm curious as to what you mean. Okay, Zach. Okay. Well, let me let you, let's. Critical race theory and all that. Yeah, that's a good question. This is an excellent question. So let me say this. What often happens when we have a discussion about meanings and terms is that we very easily say, well, to me, to me. 
we do this a lot with the scriptures too. We say to me, to me. So if we exegete a passage, we say that that passage can't mean anything to us that it never meant to the original readers, right? So it can't mean something now to us, you know, in 21st century America that it never would have meant to the first century church reading it. Now, that's the Bible, and we're going to exalt the Bible above everything else. Right. But let me also pivot over to this. So if we're talking about critical race theory, we have to look at the roots and we have to look at the origins of critical race theory. It's based in critical theory. It comes, there's a man named George Lukacs who, who died in 1971. And I, I did some research on this and I, I don't have time to unpack it all now, but it's, it's worth the project that we're working on right now to get this information to the church. It's vital. Yeah. But let me just say this. George Lukacs um, developed and, and he wrote a book called class consciousness class consciousness it was this this book that asserted all of the different oppressed classes right who are under the oppressor class would one day wake up to the fact that they are perpetually oppressed that's they would that's woke Mm -hmm. okay so i'm giving you this is a this is a thumbnail definition right here of what woke is woke is not my eyes are open and I'm discerning. I'm seeing what's happening in the government. It, that's not it. It actually is an offshoot of classical Marxism, which really looked at economics, right? It was economic oppression, the haves versus the have nots. George Lukacs and his band of brothers come along at the Frankfurt School. And what they develop is called cultural Marxism. So they realize that, you know what? People realize that economically they can do better if they work hard. So we're not going to be able to keep these people down. That's what they need. They always need the perpetual group that's down. Right. But they say, you know what, if we can say if we can say that there are certain aspects of our lives that are immutable and we are oppressed because of those immutable characteristics, then we will always have an oppressed group. Now we have to make sure that we open people's eyes to their oppression. That's Mm -hmm. called woke. Mm -hmm. That's called woke. If the book is called class consciousness and it posits the idea that if you can awaken a people to the fact that they are perpetually oppressed and the only way for them to get out from under that oppression is to topple those in power. That's why all the woke folks are politically active (laughs) because they need power to execute their vision of getting the oppressed on top of the oppressor, if that makes sense. Now, this that's that's a that's a very, very short exploration of that, Zach. It requires much, much more. But it's not that word doesn't mean what I think you think it means. Yeah. Let me and, just say it that way. And, okay? and I and I say I see two more callers on here had the same question. Define woke and what is woke. I don't know if they have more to say, you know, but I, I think those are good questions because when they hear these terms, they, they're probably like, what is this? Because we've experienced that even talking about it. When you talked about it at a conference, people were like, I didn't even know this was no, out there. No but, idea. But it's happening right right now, you know. All right. So let me do this then, Will. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in light of what you just said, because we've got two calls queued up who need to know what woke is. In addition to three more other ones. So Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, let's 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 bring in one more call and then okay. maybe I'll be able to weave it into the conversation. I just think it's important for people to understand what woke is. It's important yeah. for people to understand that what we once understood was the war of the classes, this class consciousness has been replaced with all different groups of oppressed people mm-hmm. who are now all around the world awakening to the fact that they are perpetually oppressed. Yeah. And this is being pushed forward in our country and now it has made its way into the church. All right, but back to the phone lines we go. Okay, uh, let's go to uh, Charles in Texas. Hi, Charles. 
Hey, how you doing, Willa Gray? Good. Hey, Nikki. <laughs> hey, hey, I was. Uh, I, I just want to say, Amen. Praise God for the First Baptist Church of Naples <laughs> for getting it right. You know, they had to. They did their research and they got it right. Critical race theory, intersectionality, which you guys put me up on, and I went did my research on it. And they Come took on. me to be in it, and I, and I I did my research on it after you guys started talking about it. And I did my research. I'm like, oh no, and they associated with Black Lives Matter and anything yep. that we, well, you got to be associated with being oppressed. I was like, no, nah, that has nothing to do with God. So you, you, the word of God, we, we are not oppressed. We're delivered from Come oppression. On. And I don't need the United States government deliver, telling me I'm oppressed because of something that happened hundreds and hundreds of years ago. But, you know, I, and I just want to say amen. Thank God for the First Baptist Church of Naples. And then you got those people who come in and say, oh, it's racial. No, it's not racial. It's all about it's, it's all about Christianity. All about spiritual. That's what it's about. There you go. Yeah, yeah. No, that's you're right on, brother. Look, here is the thing. Here, here is the thing. This these members, this small contingent of people, are trying to stand up and protect the church. It's nineteen percent. It's a small. It's nineteen percent. It's a small percentage. And so when you hear people applauding, what you man, and I, I want to be very careful. It's 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 highly likely that the people applauding have no idea about wokeness happening behind the scenes. Right. And here's the thing. When they learn it, when they learn it, many people are already the victims of it. So in other words, you will have already been told that you have privilege and you need to give it up. Mm-hmm. You're not aware of how you have oppressed people. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so by the time you start feeling the weight of critical race theory applied to your life, it's already too late. It's already too late. And this is what's happening right now. This First Baptist Naples is not going to be the last church to do it. Right. That's why, that's why you had another church. It's like, we got to get out of Dodge. We got to go. <laughs> right. We're done. All right, let's try to squeeze in one more call, Will the Great, or maybe two. Okay, let's go to Amanda in North Carolina. Hi, Amanda. Hi. Hi, how are y'all doing today? Good, good. I just wanted to say that I love the both of you, and if you can't tell, I'm smiling so hard through this phone right now. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to the last 20 minutes of your show each day, and I'm grateful for that. But today, this has really touched my heart because... What that brother said before me about that church, it is amazing. I'm so happy to hear someone take the time to actually put spirituality first, God first, mm. because it's not about politics. It's not about my opinion, anybody's Come opinion. Because at the end of the day, no matter what is said, it's all about God. These are people's lives that are at stake. Come so it's on. about time that someone jumps in and asks the right questions that matter, because there's other people that don't have... You know, the know-how, the leadership, the, the, you know, the growth, the maturity yet spiritually to be able to ask those questions. So I thank God, and I, I ask God to just bless those people that took the time Amen. to research and do it. I'm so Amen. grateful. Yeah, you. no, me Amen. too. And, man, and let me tell you, here is my great concern with this. My great concern is that for the 19% down in Florida— with this story circulating the way that it has, yeah. with disciplinary action being taken against them, this is going to increasingly make it more difficult for people in other churches to have their radar tuned in to be able to spot what is happening to the church. And I'm going to tell you something. It's going to make people less likely to speak up and speak out against it. 
So the reason we're doing this show is to encourage believers all across this country. If you're listening to this show, if you're a part of the church, right, then you should be watching for certain telltale signs that your church may be collapsing to wokeness. Yeah. Maybe on the... Even ahead, in Will, Naples, even in Naples at that church, they may do a revote. So it may not be over, but I thank mm-hmm. God for the people that did stand uh, the first time around, you know. Y'all pray for First Baptist Naples. Pray for them. Pray that the Lord will be with that church. All right. Um, we, we run out of time until tomorrow. Lord willing. God bless.